Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the 65th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the romantic and comedic Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for better than the movies in just half an hour. You know what, Tay? You know what would be really great with going along with reading this book? What? Um, maybe, like, giving us money. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it was subtle at first, and then it just became direct. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, donating to our podcast really does help us, like, aid with giveaways and and just helps keep things running and gives us opportunities to grow so therefore if you donate to us we'd one appreciate it greatly and two i think cosmically it means that the next rom-com you watch will be one of your favorites you can click on the link in the episode description below or you can visit us at our venmo which you know is our handle at keeping the bird now, as we discuss everything about Better Than the Movies, and I mean everything, here is your one and only... Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert! Kimi, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? <laughs> and now, on to the show. Now, of course, if you have joined us for our discussions then you know we have one very important rule. And that is we like to start out with the romance because romance is what we live for even though we don't always admit it. Except for here, really. No, we always admit it here. I'll never admit it in real life. Like, at work, I'm known as the person who will marry for money. (laughs) If you ask me in real life, like, oh, do you like romance? I'd be like, romance is ridiculous. It's for the weak-hearted. It has no relevance in the plot. But then in this sacred space... I tell you the truth of my heart. I love romance more than I love life. I like how our safe space is within earshot of your entire family. It feels right. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think about the romance in this book? I mean, the romance was essentially the entire plot. So let's be honest. We are not going to spend seven minutes on the side. I could, actually. I could. I actually like the side characters, but... We're going to take more than 10 minutes on the romance, guys. Let's. As is on. our right. Yes, this is a YA romance, okay? Let's just start off with, let me, the very beginning, okay? Lynn Painter does this trope of childhood friends to rivals to lovers, which is kind of hard to do. But Lynn Painter did this in such a charming way. I loved it. Okay, one of my favorite tropes ever is childhood friends to lovers. I have always wanted a boy next door who walked me to school in elementary school, who we always had a close bond, but we never thought it was anything more. I would have had a crush on him in elementary school, but he wouldn't have a crush on me, and then we kind of went our separate ways. But we kind of did 
But we kind of did talk in junior high. And then once we got to high school, he would fall in love with me. And then I we would reconnect senior year. And then we'd be together forever. That was my whole. <laughs> that was your plan. I was really inspired um, by Saved by the Bell. I thought it was going to be flipped. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Specificate. Saved by the Bell. But not what you think. Okay, this this needs to be mentioned. <laughs> there are these two characters. One is Zach Morris, a really attractive blonde, and then the really curly-haired girl who I forget her name, but they are childhood friends. They're never lovers, but they're always childhood friends. And their thing is they live right next door to each other and they have a tree, this really big tree that grows between their houses. And so they just constantly visit each other by going through each other's windows. And they're really, really close. And I was always like, I want that so bad. And something like Lynn... Painter, like, gave me that feeling in her trope of the childhood friends to lovers. What I found interesting, though, is that both of the love interests are childhood friends to lovers. They all knew each other as children. I thought that was really cute. I think one of the things that you've only said that I feel like really defines the childhood friends to lovers, apart from enemies to lovers, because I feel like they can be similar in some aspects, but I feel like one of the main differences is that childhood friends to lovers has the history, the memories, the nostalgia, the quiet, playful, innocent childhood moments where they keep with you and you remember that person and that person has seen you in so many different lights and so many different forms. They're one of the few people who is going to know you more than you might know yourself. (laughs) And so I love in the story that the love, the childhood love is immature. You know, uh, Wes was a prankster. He was a bit of a brat. He was wild. He was crazy. And and so you kind of have that rivalry where he was always, you know, putting bugs in her hair or basically torturing her. But then you also get the really sweet moments when you learn that he was listening to her play piano oh. and that he told that really sweet memory that he had with her mother, which she deeply adored, and how her mother helped him feel safe enough to admit he was hurt when he fell. And so you have those small moments that become those big moments when the, the characters reconnect. And, you know, when this book first started, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be so cute and sweet. And then at the party, when she was vomited on, but I'm going to skip over that for the sake of the romance, romance, when she came out in his clothes and, like, his pants were obviously big on her frame and so they were falling down and he tugged them up, I was like, (gasps) my heart just lurched. He tugged them up because the other love interest saw her tattoo and he was like, his jaw flexed. His His jaw jaw flexed. And then he like pulled it up and he was like, we're going. (laughs) But like not in an aggressive way. No, it was like in a super, I felt like it was in a protective way Mm -hmm. and in like a respectful way, but also still had that little spark when I'm like, whoa. The thing about childhood friends to lovers is that like you said, it's the history. It's the fact that he knows her. He already does. And it's like, he already knows her in one aspect. And it's just the fact that we're, we're, we're seeing him learn her in a new aspect. But it's the, it's the, it's, it's that scene where, um, Liz goes into her favorite shop after, you know, they do their whole, um, shopping thing, which we'll get to, but it's the fact that she's like, Oh, I love this dress. And, like, she just says that mentally. She's like, she doesn't say anything to us. And then Wes just kind of, like, looks at the mannequin with the dress and goes, that looks, that looks, that's, that is such a Liz Boxbomb dress. And that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, she knows her so well. Oh, my gosh, that's so cute. And just the fact that he's so accurate with it. 
it was just oh it was such a sweet moment and that he's so observational that he notices the little details too because i loved with the shopping that you know obviously they were kind of trying to update her style but that he was also still picking things for her that were very true to her mm-hmm. as well and wouldn't make her feel uncomfortable or wouldn't like try to change her whole personality but also just kind of explore like a new aspect in her fashion but he was so cute in the scene the fact that he waited outside the dressing room <laughs> And the fact that, like, he became uh, acquaintances with the dressing room manager and was like, oh, yeah, she's already got it taken care of. We just need to pay now. (laughs) And he bought her shoes. He bought her shoes. Expensive ones, too. I don't know what a Chuck Taylor is, but he did. They're the Converse ones, but, like, the on-brand ones. Oh. Yeah. They're, like, 120 bucks a pop. Oh, Chuck. Yeah. Okay. Expensive shoes. Anyway. Um... It's the, I mean, like, what guy buys you shoes? Okay? What guy buys you shoes so so that you'll appeal more the way you want to to your to the guy you like? Yeah. And so that you'll feel confident and happy. But when she did get vomited on at the party. Oh, the embarrassment. Oh, my. No, literally... I, w- I had to put the book down and be like, no, no, not in front of Michael. Not after he said that her dress was a uniform. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was- mm-hmm. But the fact that Wes immediately took her to the bathroom. He immediately took her to the bathroom. He gave her a bag to put her clothes in. He gave her new clothes to give to her. And he grabbed her purse for her. And he held it. I know. Oh. For me though, because that like that was a good introduction scene to like to their romance. I feel like you get like the little tuggings. For me though, what was really starting to seal it in was when she got <laughs> she got hit in the face with a basketball and her <laughs> nose started bleeding, and everyone was like, "Oh, it looks so bad. Your nose is gonna be broken." You know, Mrs. Potato Head. And he's like, "No, don't listen to them." The fact that he took off her shirt, his shirt, uh, to give it to her, little Jacob Black moment. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. And the fact that he was so concerned about her, but that also he was right there beside her. Michael kind of kept standing around and was kind of just joking around the other guys, but he was right beside her and he made her feel safe. Honestly, that was really cute. Just like, even just like the walk that they had to the hospital where he was just kind of like, he was still reassuring her the whole time, even if he was like joking with her. Like he never actually like, Made fun of her for the nose. He made fun of her for, like, so how do things go with Michael, right? <laughs> it's the fact that he, he, it's like he knew where he could joke because he knew her so well. Like, he never crossed the line. I was like, you're adorable and I love you. I'm like, you're sensitive. You respect boundaries. You're a good listener. But then also, you keep things lighthearted so that she doesn't have to kind of soak in that moment of what just happened. What I love in, like, all the wingman things he does is that he knows how to bring Liz out so she is herself. Because he knows that if she's herself, someone else will fall in love with her. Oh my gosh! That was really cute! Sorry, keep going. <laughs> like, at the bas- like when they're at the basketball game, when she's kind of like, I don't really know what's happening. And I was like, girl, I feel you so hard. <laughs> um, but he's like, okay, 50 bucks if this guy, like, totally misses all of his whatever. And she was like, bet... And, like, she was, like, really, like, pumping that guy player up and, like, getting really into it. And, like, he knew she would because he made it a competition. And, like, just, like, he's just 
he just knows how to make things work, but specifically with her. Yeah. And like you said, like he brings her out of her shell, but also in a way that she feels comfortable to mm-hmm. do it. And um, I also like too that when he was relaying what Michael said about her, he was always <laughs> like vague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael said that you were funny. You know, she's like, well, tell me more. And he's like, Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a boy thing to do. <laughs> what I like one little moment I loved was that um when they were in a car together in his car, um, and Michael had texted him and then he was just like opened up his phone for her, like voluntarily. The the trust. I mean, you're just giving your phone to something. He just did it. She just, like, texted him. And she texted Michael weird things, too. <laughs> that was so funny, the hero hair. You're my hair hero. And then, like, Michael completely took it seriously, which I thought was really cute. And he was like, the key is this product, then this product. <laughs> I was like, Michael, you sweetheart. <laughs> and I love how Wes at first was like, what? What do you say? And then he's like. Oh. He was also so quick to catch on. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, that is a very attractive trait because I don't have that. No, I'm oblivious. <laughs> yeah, unless if the basketball hit me in the face, I would just not even know anything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Their whole secret area thing where he's like, oh, yeah, I just, like, interned at a landscaping place and, like, learned how to do it all myself and, like, made this really cute space. And I was like, that's really cute. It is really. He's showing up lights and he was, oh, I loved when he was like, oh, hey, the, um, there's a comet shower. Is that what they're called? Meteor shower? Thank you. Mm-hmm. A meteor shower tonight. Like, let's go check it out. And like the fact that it was so seamless of an interaction, she was like, okay, okay, Leah, let's do it. He's like, okay, meet me at the spot. And they did after school it was so cute just because like, it really showed their bond to me. The fact that like, she was so quick to quick to accept the fact that he extended the invite and then it happened. It was really sweet. He just, I just, the I, that's Liz's biggest point, right? The fact that he knows Liz and he knows how to, get her out of her shell and be comfortable and be herself, but also experience things that she never would, mm. right? Because, like, she doesn't like to sneak out. But he's like, but you're a good kid, and, like, maybe you're just going to your backyard. And I was like, oh, that would totally work on me, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, like, okay, okay. The tension between um, Liz and Wes when they're at um, Michael's house when they're watching a movie and they're sitting next to each other and it's kind of like Liz is like realizing her feelings for Wes in this scene. And like, he gets really close to her and it's like that moment when they're about to kiss and the way that scene was written, I was literally like in front of everybody. But it's the fact that it's in the darkness and so that they could get away with it. And the fact that their shoulders are pressing together and it's a scary movie and that when they look at each other, their noses are close. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't think. I can only read (laughs) and indulge. It was so good. I was like, why is Wes so attractive? Why are you so hot? (laughs) 
it's just like the but the way that it was written, like you it was I'm not sure if this was Liz's first kiss. I doubt it was. I think she mentioned something at some point. But it was like the hype of like your first kiss of like the the nervousness of it and like the excitement and the, I don't know what it, what's happening, but I really want it to happen. Like the way like Lynn Painter did such a good job in like putting those emotions in that scene. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I got so excited. And I don't know why, but I really loved the fact that they got dinner beforehand. It right? just felt like super intimate, but also playful and fun. Yeah. And like, cause even though the purpose is obviously to get her to get in cahoots with Michael, the fact that he was like, let's go to dinner, you know, like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to this place? And I just want to see if you're interested in it. And that their banter was so cute at dinner and that it was just, I love how the conversation flowed really well between them. It always did. Versus with Michael. Because uh, you were saying earlier with this text. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. That is, those texts. that is my worst fear with texting. That's why I hate texting. Yeah. Ugh. The fact that he just wasn't giving anything back. I was like, this is why she's choosing less. This is why she's choosing less. <laughs> but when they actually kissed, oh! I was like, wait, why is this more intimate than any adult romance I've ever read? It was because it was in the rain in a it car. Was, it was in the rain in the car after a dangerous situation. And it was like tensions were running high. And like she had finally realized her feelings. And like they were both it, like they, they had gone on to the car. So they were both drenched. It literally made me blush. And the fact that there was still the lingering tension from earlier when they were watching the movie to then the car when they're finally alone. But also kind of the deadline knowing that his dad's on the way. And so like whatever happens kind of has to happen now. Oh, and when like his little, her little like, -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Like the fact that he keeps saying that to her. He was like, "Uh uh-huh. I was like... (laughs) Why are you so charming? I was like, you're charming? You're making me blush? We're still in the rain? It's hot. What's the one thing you always say? Rain, rain, or water makes everything sexier. It's true. It's a law now. It's a law. It's the, it's like, it's biblical at this point. Yeah, it most definitely is. But the scene where Michael, but the scene where, like, they, they were at Michael's house and, like, Michael, like, they're getting closer, and then Wes is getting closer to her, and then Michael prom poses to yeah. Wes, and Wes sees it, and you're like, <gasps> the miscommunication that's gonna happen. <gasps> the assumptions. I was like, you could have just talked before then. Yeah. But they didn't, and then no. he just kind of, like, puts his arm around another girl. And then he gives her a thumbs up. Oh. I was like, I was like, Liz, if you don't drop those flowers and kick Michael in the groin right now, I'm going to be so mad. And she didn't. And what was I? Mad. <laughs> <laughs> I get why, because it's not Michael, like, tried really hard. Yeah. And he did the whole boggle thing because, like, when he was a kid and then, like, he brought it back. Mm-hmm. And, like, he did this big grand gesture, which is what Liz loves. Oh, but Wes's reasoning, he was like, I mean, he... The guy you liked since kindergarten asked you to prom. Like, I didn't want to get in the way of that. And yeah. I was like. <laughs> I mean, it was the deal brought to fruition. So I poor know. Wes is looking at it like, yeah, we shared this amazing kiss, but she got what she really wanted. And the whole thing, oh, their whole interaction at prom. Oh, I was like, no. Like when they looked at each other on the dance oh, floor, I was like, gosh. go over, go over to her, go over yeah. to her. But then I'm like. 
it was hard because I was like, go over to her. But also I'm like, I don't want the other girl to feel bad, Alex, and feel awkward because she's put into this relationship, this situation that she doesn't understand. So I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, someone pull the fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone has to evacuate and then they can talk in the bustle. Yeah, I got really sad about that. But I mean, that was like the whole point of it. And I actually liked at some level that Wes didn't go to her, that mm. he stuck with his date because even though he might love Liz, like he's not going to just abandon the girl he has to prom. Yeah. He's not going to be disrespectful. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of skipping ahead, but one of my favorite things is like when Wes, Wes is li- talking to Liz and he's like, yeah, when I saw you in that dress, because it was the dress that she sent a picture in when she was trash shopping because he asked for it. Yeah. He was like, I wanted to punch our very good friend Michael. And I was like, I know I shouldn't love that, but I love it. For me, what I loved was when um, she was putting on the dress. And he's like, send a picture. So she does. And he's like, you should definitely wear that dress. I was like, oh, my gosh. Text flirting? Yes. But what I really loved about the romance was that it was Liz who made the big gesture in the end. It wasn't Wes, right? Because it usually is the love interest who, like, comes back and, like, after, like, the breakup scene, um, he comes back with a giant gesture and, like, makes her fall in love again. I loved that it was Liz. Mm. I loved that she created their soundtrack that she'd been making because he wanted her to. That was so cute. Ah! (laughs) This episode is just going to (laughs) be. But she did it with, like, and, like, she did, like, cover up for it and, like, the ketchup from the dinner and all those things. She was wearing his hoodie and, the, like, in the secret area. It was just so cute. Like, that, that, that is a grand gesture. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely would have appreciated it if he hadn't come home with Alex. Oof. But it was the fact, though, that, like, all her life she's always wanted the fantasy of someone doing a grand gesture for her. But then... Kind of the arc completion and that it's her who does it for someone else, for the person she loves. Oh, my gosh. But the, the cringe of that scene. Oh. oh. Oh, my gosh. And when she kept, when she was talking about the penny, I was like, <laughs> you got to stop. You got to stop and just go home. <laughs> you got to accept defeat, defeat sometimes. You know what? But the cringe does make the makeup that much better. Mm. Because then Wes kind of like comes up and, like, he's angry. Like, obviously, because it's like, I thought, like, you were with him and, like, that whole thing. And it's the fact that he's like, you're wearing my hoodie. I saw the CD player. I saw the s'mores. I saw all of these things. So what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can feel like he's getting his hopes up. Mm-hmm. And the whole scene where like, they finally confess to each other and they kiss each Oh, that was so good. I loved how he was like, I was waiting for you to get out of your car, but it's been 10 minutes. So <laughs> she went to McDonald's. I was like, <laughs> no, why is this? That would totally be me. That is me. We'll end it here. <laughs> we, we'll put it to rest for now. For now. Get ready for a part two. <laughs> Actually kind of tempting. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
I guess we'll talk about the side characters now. <laughs> I feel like we are addicted to the romance, we're and now so we have addicted. withdrawal, so we have to supplement it with side characters. I mean, but there is to talk about the side characters. I mean, from the romance perspective, we have Michael. Who actually, I mean, typically in these kinds of stories with the love triangle, you hate one and you love one. I didn't hate Michael. I actually kind of liked him. Like, he did have his moments. Mm. Like, he did have, like, the, like, I could see why Liz thought that he might like her. Because mm. sometimes they did have, like, good conversation moments. And he did, like, kind of go all out for prom because he knew her. And he knew that she would appreciate it. And he was always kind to her. And so, in like, I understood why she liked Michael. And Michael isn't a bad guy. He'd be a great guy to be your boyfriend. Um, but Wes was just better. <laughs> yeah, I think the story did really did a really good job in showing that Michael is a good person, but he's just not quite the best for her. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just slightly mismatched. Yeah. Slightly, like, not quite on the same page. Meanwhile, her and Wes are already writing a 500-page story about their love for each other. But what did you think about Jaws? I actually really liked the way Lynn Painter um, wrote the friendship between Liz and Joss just because both of them did things wrong, Hmm. right? It's not like Liz did everything wrong and Joss was the saint. And obviously, like, Joss did less wrong, but it was was the fact that, like, they kind of both kind of missed each other in that. Hmm. Um. Obviously, like, Liz should not have lied to her friend, and she shouldn't, and she should have just talked to her, but sometimes that is difficult, because, like, if you think someone's going to judge you for something, it is hard to bring it up, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Joss is very quick to judge, and, like, even though Liz loves her, she, like, she knows that about her, and so I liked that it was kind of, like, give and take in that I did wrong, but you can also see that Joss did wrong. Mm. Yeah, I think it was... Because for a while in the book, I was like, why does Liz keep lying to Jaws? Like, why can't they talk? Why can't they just communicate? But I think it kind of helped my understanding better in the second half of the book, where I think Liz explicitly thought or said to Jaws, I knew you were going to judge everything I said. So I was like, oh, okay, that kind of helps me to better understand why you weren't quite saying it. I think that could have maybe been a tad bit more apparent. So I do wish there was a little bit more clarification there. Or maybe it is a little bit more subtle and I just wasn't quite picking up on it. But I did like that they reunited at the end at prom, you know, talking about their dates that went awry. (laughs) And that they had those moments of understanding where it kind of pieces things back together and gives a reason to things as to why they happened. I like that it was a realistic thing. Mm. Right? I mean, for a, for a little bit there, I was like, Joss, you can't just, like, push people into doing things. <laughs> like, for me, for, like, senior year, like, I didn't go to a lot of events just because I really wasn't up to it. Like, I just, like, I could not do it. And so I was like, if you're in, like, a bad, like, place like that, it doesn't help if someone's pushing you to do it. So, like, mm-hmm. I could see why Liz was, like, guarded against it. Mm-hmm. But I like, like, like I said, it was just, like, I could see both sides. Yeah, me too. And I think... I like when I can see both sides because I feel like it adds more depth to the characters and a little bit more satisfaction to the resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think, though, about Helena? I think she was an interesting character to add, especially in the whole arc of Liz missing her mom. Because all, like throughout the book, she just calls her Helena or my dad's wife or whatever else, right? 
So you know that she doesn't see her as like a motherly figure, which is understandable, right? It's like no one can replace your mom. Um, but I like how Helena still tried, right? Her whole thing is like she's very different from Liz's mom was, um, but she still very much wants to be there for her. And I liked that she wanted to be there for her even without like Liz's dad like telling her to. Mm-hmm. Like that was just something of her own thing. And I loved that she became a person that Liz could um kind confide. of confide in. Um, I do wish I did think she was a little pushy on it though. Liz or Helena? Helena. I mm. did think Helena was a little pushy on it. I was like, I mean, I, I can understand why you'd be frustrated about it. But also, like, you see this girl, and, like, you have to know about her mother just based on, like, every, like, the dad and everything. So I, I was just like, maybe just, like, be there for her without asking for too much. Mm. Like, that was, I mean, that was just, like, a little thing for me. Yeah, I liked that um, Helena wasn't the typical evil stepmother mm-hmm. that they kind of joke about at the end. And I did like that her personality was different than her mom. So it wasn't like Helena was trying to just come in and take over things. And I mean, I could understand why Helena was pushy because I think she, un- she understands the importance of prom and she really wants to be part of that. And I think she really ha- has a deep love for Liz as though she is her own child. And so it's hard when you have that, combating against someone who doesn't want their mom replaced and so again i think it's a really good conflict in that it's complicated it's hard when you can kind of see both sides and and i liked that liz and helena had their own moments Mm -hmm. like the coffee shop when they're trying to predict people's orders and things like that where it it differentiates the relationship it shows like it kind of shows what the future would be like past this book yeah I also liked that Liz was a brat to her. Mm. Just in that that was a flaw to her character. She did get irrationally angry at it because she had these feelings guarded for so long. And you really, like, that really was brought out with Helena. It was brought out a bit with Wes, mm. but I think it, like, it really hit home with Helena. So I think just, like, with, with Helena having her own motivations but also bringing that out in Liz as a character did a really good job of, like, developing her character arc. I do wish her dad was more involved, though. I was going to say the exact same thing. I was like, my dude. What do you do? I was like, her whole, like, Liz's whole thing was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, the end. I'm, like, graduating. Your parents should be here. And I was like, so where's your dad? Yeah, I did find it really strange that she didn't seem to have much of a relationship with her dad. She didn't confide in him. Like, he was there, but he didn't really seem supportive. He didn't really seem invested in her life. Yeah, I think I would have preferred it if... Maybe I, I understand why Helena was like the leading parent in this situation. Um, but I do wish like her dad had just kind of been there maybe more in the background. Like, hey, li-, like and he kind of wasn't like, like, don't stay after midnight because like they have that sort of thing. But I don't think that was enough. Yeah. I wanted more snippets of like, um, oh, your mom loves this mm. or oh, you look like your mom today. Mm. Those kinds of things, you know, it's like just little things like little snippets like that to really add to it. We're now going to play How Would You Survive, which is kind of funny because this is a contemporary. I mean, high school was hard, guys. That's true. Surviving high school is a feat. So that's a good point. (laughs) We have four minutes to pose four survival scenarios that pertain to better than the movies. Question number one is, 
If you wanted to get your crush's attention, how would you do it? Here's the thing about me. Um, I had crushes in high school. And I had, here's, a, when I get a crush, I get them for a long time. Mm. Right? Like, years. And I would, I would never do anything about it. <laughs> I would like, like, I would, ha- like, trying to make, make little moments happen. And that's it. And once I had that moment, that was enough for me. Like, I didn't want to actually pursue anything beyond that. So, other than, like, those little moments, nothing. I'm I'm basically the same, except for one exception. Mm. In sophomore year, which, what was I doing or thinking? Is it something I do now? I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a new kid in school. I thought he was super cute. And... Uh, every day when school ended, my mom would pick me up from the back entrance because it was a lot less trafficy. And so I'd go out there and sometimes um, there'd be like a little delay. So I'd sit on some of the lunch tables out there. And this new kid who was super cute, but super quiet, Had I noticed. eight pack. <laughs> it's important If you're wondering story. how we know that, it's better to remain not answered. Just saying. Um, I noticed he would sit out there as well. And so... And, and when I would get in the car with my mom, I'd be like, oh my gosh, mom, he was here again today, you know, like, and look, and we would both try to like, look at him as we were driving away. So over the course of like weeks, my mom and I built a plan. We were like, you know, like sit a little closer and try to talk to him, just be super casual, ask about his day and stuff. And so I did. And I was like, hi, I'm Taylor. It's great to meet you. And, uh, you know, all these things, um, did it go anywhere? No, in fact, months later in the summertime, I <laughs> I came into school to do a counselor like little future. What are you gonna do with your life meeting? And as I was walking out, my crush was there, and I was like, "Oh hey!" And he goes, "Uh, hi." Except in my mind, for some reason, I heard him say, "Hi, how are you?" So I said, "I'm good, thanks. See ya." So the actual interaction was, hi, hi, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks, bye. It was so dumb. And I'm sure he doesn't remember it, or I hope he doesn't. But yeah, so it went nowhere. He also dated our very close friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that also happened. It's fine. It's fine. And he did have an eight-pack. He did. Again, we won't disclose how we know that. We will not. Um, But he did. Our next question is, do you think you could convince a friend to be both your wingman and your fake crush? <laughs> I know that Tay is thinking of a very specific friend right now. And the answer is no. <laughs> no. I don't think I could ask him. Okay, actually, I could ask him to be my wingman. Yes. Because he'd actually try to do that a few times in weird ways sometimes. <laughs> oh, I do. I know the stories. There was one involving shirtlessness. We're going to leave it at that. In a movie theater. In a movie theater. Um, could I ask him to be my fake crush, though? <laughs> no. I could not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what about you? I don't think any of my... I think I could come up with that plan, and I would be game for, like, my own plan. <laughs> I don't think I could convince any of my friends to do it. Any of my guy friends, no. 
I think they'd think that I'd fall in love with them. Oh, that they had that fear. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question three. If you were thrown up on at a party, like Liz in the story, how would you recover, and would you recover? (laughs) Absolutely not. Here's the thing. Um... In Liz's situation, she was at a party where she didn't know many people and they were the popular kids. So I have to imagine myself in that scenario. If I was at a party with a friend, but I didn't really know, like really know anyone else, like they weren't really my friends, and I got thrown up at at the party where they were all looking at me, I would transfer to that school. (laughs) Move out of the state. Like, don't talk to me. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> go into witness protection program 100 i would try to act unfazed but then i would just disappear and no one would know why <laughs> <laughs> she was never seen from again what about you uh jokingly i would throw back up on them <laughs> <laughs> uh not jokingly i'd go in the bathroom try to clean myself up the best i could all while texting my mom to come get me have my mom pick me up uh, and then sob in the car, and then at home, and then cry myself to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. The ba- the embarrassment. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Actually, this kind of happened to me. What? One time. Okay, there was this one time where I was invited to go to this party thing, and my friend had driven me there, and we were kind of, we didn't really know these people. Like, we were kind of friends with them, but we didn't really know them, so we went over, and we were playing just, like, a bunch of games and everything. And earlier that, that day, I had thrown up, but I thought, I like, I felt completely fine afterwards. So I was like, oh, it's just like a one time thing. Yeah. And then we were in the middle of playing Mario Kart, and it was like a group of people. I mean, there was only one guy because he was the only guy in the group. And the thing <laughs> is, I kind of had like a semi crush on him, mm-hmm. semi kind of thing. Um, and then I felt it coming up, and I was like, oh my, oh no. But it, we were like, we were right in the middle. So I actually was able to like sneak off. So like no one saw me, and I just threw up in the bathroom. Um, and then I he- I hear them go, um, what happened to Kami? Like, she didn't finish the race. And I was like, oh, crap. And so then I had to come out and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I threw up. I don't think I'm feeling well. Oh. And then and then the guy asked, do we have to clean anything up? Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, I made it. I just think I need to go home. And so then my friend had taken me home. And I was so embarrassed. I had repressed it until the group mentioned it maybe like seven months later. I had completely repressed that memory, and then it came bubbling up, and then I completely acted like I didn't remember. (laughs) What are you, you gaslit them? (laughs) Oh, I didn't remember that at all. (laughs) I absolutely did not, and I was like, "Mm." (laughs) I still, like, that's the thing, that's one of the things I think about before I go to bed that stops me from sleeping. (laughs) Our last question is, how would you apologize to someone like Liz had to with Wes at the end of the story? How would you apologize to I think, for the most part, I think I kind of best communicate with words, but if it was kind of to the scale of what happened in the book, then I do think a grand gesture is the way to go to just show the magnitude of your feelings. Because words are great, of course, but I think sometimes with words, it's hard to convey the true depth of them, especially when you're apologizing for saying something or for doing something. And so I think that what uh, Liz did in the story would have been great if he wasn't, if Wes wasn't coming home with oh his my date. Gosh. But the fact that she had put together their playlist and really personalized it and brought s'mores and kind of collected all the themes that makes their relationship theirs and showed that to signify how much it meant to her, I think that's really the route to go. 
It is the route to go. Unfortunately, if something like that happened to me, where I actually put myself out there and I was rejected, I would never put myself back out there. <laughs> like, let's pretend I had the courage to do it, though. I do agree. Like, just, it doesn't even necessarily have to be grand, but just, like, a thoughtful gesture. Mm. Just, like, the fact, like, I think even just with the CD, it would have been a great thing. I mean, the other things, like, obviously, like, all come together. Like, it was a really grand gesture. But yeah. even just, like, the CD or just wearing his baseball hoodie, mm. like, just something small like that. And, like, actually, I would have to have, like, a conversation, like, face-to-face. Like, mm. I wouldn't be able to do it over text. It's texting sucks. But, yeah, that's probably how I'd go about it. Either um, just completely ghosting him or some small thoughtful gesture. Going back into witness protection program. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth book discussion about Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens.